here with you all, and thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Church, for having us here, and uh, we're thankful for the opportunity. We are missionaries to England. My name is Shane, and my wife, Jericho, and uh, our three kids, Aiden, Zoe, and Riley, and uh, people ask about my wife's name quite a bit because it is very unique, and uh, you don't hear of very many Jerichos. I've met a few, and, and uh, they were guys, but <laughs> um, she's the only lady I've ever met with that name. And uh, it's kind of a funny story um, that her mom, that she has to tell about her mom and wanting 12 kids and all J names. But uh, people ask, well, how'd you guys meet? And I tell them, well, I had a trumpet that I blew and marched around her a few times and she fell down and the rest is history. So <laughs> there you go. Um, <coughs> but it is a blessing to be here with you guys today. And uh, your pastor said something about he rolled the dice, and we were here, and our pastor said we should tell churches to roll the dice to England, so there you go, and uh, we, are, we are getting closer to being, uh, reaching our uh, full percentage of our support, which is exciting, and uh, we're nearing the end, and uh, right now I think it's around 78%, 76%. Uh, we recently, your pastor preached on discouragement this morning, <laughs> and, you know, and sometimes being on the road, it, it can be um, discouragement, discouraging, and there are things that you face. And uh, recently, we had to raise our support a little bit, uh, the monthly, the dollar amount per month because of inflation overseas and um, because of what's happening in Ukraine and Russia uh, and their supply coming from Russia and other places uh, there in Eastern Europe. Um, their utility prices have doubled and just a bunch of different things. And so we had counsel from the missionaries that were there, counsel from our pastor. And so we raised our dollar amount per month by 500 a month. So that set us back a little bit, but we're still setting at 76%. And then we recently heard from our sponsor. So we're going to be able to get into the country on a religious visa, which is a blessing. And our sponsor is a independent Baptist missionary over there. And, um, we kind of had in our mind that we'd be able to start that visa process once we hit 85%, but we're going to uh, actually have to push that back a little bit. The sponsor said once we hit 95% is when we can start that process. So if you would, please pray with us about those things that we, um, even though we have had to up the dollar amount and even though uh, we have to raise an additional 10% before we can start the paperwork process, please pray that the Lord helps us move those things along. We have uh, meetings booked out through next April, and uh, the plan is still to keep that as is, not to not book any more meetings past April, and um, and we'll, Lord willing, be in the country next June. So we're excited about that. Um, our video was taken from pictures we took in 20, um, 2019, so our video talked about that a little bit, how God used a missions trip to call us and to burden our hearts for the field. And I encourage every person, young or old, to take a missions trip, um, to go and see what it's like in another country, uh, because the, the Bible says, mine eye affecteth mine heart, and I praise the Lord for the opportunity that we had to go on that missions trip in 2019. And it was almost a year later when God, um, well, I was sitting in a Sunday morning service when the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I want you to be a missionary. And I shared that with my wife, and uh, we have a kind of a funny story about that. Um, but I shared that with my wife, and at the time, she she thought, you're kidding, right? That can't be. 
because I didn't, I grew up in a pastor's home, I did, but I didn't see myself as a, a preacher of the word. I didn't see myself as being that person out in the front. I was that person that was happy to be serving behind the scenes. I was that person that was happy to do whatever was needed in the church and gladly so, but did not want to be in the front, did not want to be the person out uh, there behind the pulpit, just wanted to serve behind the scenes. And uh, that was my dad. My dad was the preacher. I wasn't. But God had other plans. And uh, at the time, I was working in the uh, oil and gas industry. I worked for Chesapeake Energy there in Oklahoma City and had been for 10 years and had a really good job. I was a uh, deacon in the church, and we taught the, co- taught the college and career class, was involved in music, was involved in a lot of things in the church. Um, but I just began to pray after that mission trip, Lord, if you would have us to go, Lord, I'll go. And Lord, um, if you would, I know you placed us here in this church. I know that your will is for us to be serving here in this ministry and to be helping out here at Beth Haven Baptist Church. But if you want us to go overseas to start churches in England, Lord, I will do it. And um, God began to soften my heart through 2020 and all that was going on in 2020. And you think about, I know New Yorkers, you guys went through a lot here and through COVID and uh, it wasn't th- quite as bad in Oklahoma, but there was a lot of uncertainty. And the Lord kept bringing to my mind Second uh, Timothy, uh, the passage in Second Timothy, where it says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And uh, the Lord was saying, I need you to trust me. I need you to follow me. I need you to just obey my word. And as I continue to just give things to the Lord and yield things to the Lord, he was softening my heart to that prospect of, surrendering my all and going as a missionary. And so about a year after we went on that mission trip, the Lord said, I want you to go. I shared that with my wife and we began to pray about that together. And uh, after a month of prayer with uh, my wife and our pastor, the Lord confirmed that in all of our hearts that he would have us be missionaries to England. And we praise the Lord that we can do that. If you have your Bibles this morning, Turn with me to Mark chapter number four, Mark chapter number four. You know, the main thing is, is that we all ought to be willing, right? Willing. Um, I remember as a young person, I met a a missionary, missionary woman going to the Philippines and she was in her sixties. She had worked in a full career and she was in her retirement. She was supposed to be enjoying her retirement, and uh, actually her husband had passed away, and um, she surrendered to be a missionary, and I remember that making an impact on me. You know, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, how old you are. Um, We ought to be obedient to the Lord, and if the Lord says go, we ought to go. So we're excited about taking the gospel over to Plymouth, England, and uh, where the Mayflower left from, and taking the gospel back over there and starting churches in that part of the country. Matthew chapter, Mark chapter number four and verse number three. The Bible says here, behold, or hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow, and it came to pass as he sowed. Some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth, and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, 
and brought forth some thirty and some sixty and some an hundred. And he said unto them, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Skip down with me to verse number 13. And he said unto them, Know ye not this parable? And how then will ye know all parables? The sower soweth the word, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves. And so endure but for a time afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundred. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can be here today in your house with your people. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to worship you. And we pray, Lord, that everything that is said and done this morning would bring honor and glory to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you had a title for this message, it would be, Anybody Can Reach Somebody for Jesus. Anybody Can Reach Somebody for Jesus. Did you realize that you don't have to be a missionary to win somebody to Christ? You don't have to be a pastor to win somebody to Christ. You don't have to be a Sunday school teacher to win somebody to Christ. Here in this passage of Scripture, we see the sower and the sower is a sower because he goes out and he sows the seed. We think of a farmer as somebody who tills the ground and he, uh, he, he, he tills the ground up and he puts the seed in the ground and he fertilizes it and he reaps a harvest. And a farmer, he wouldn't be a farmer if he didn't go out and, and work the ground, would he? He wouldn't be a farmer if he didn't tend to his cattle or tend to, tend to the things that needed to be tended to. God wants each of us to be sowers of the word, seed sowers. And we can see here in this passage of scripture that the seed is the word. And the word of God is a good seed. There is no better seed than the word of God. There is nothing wrong with the word of God. The word of God is forever settled in heaven. And, and the word of God is, is, is the same. It hasn't changed. And we ought not change uh, the word of God. We not, ought not add to it or take away from it. It is the very word of God. And we can trust it. We can believe it. We can follow it. And it has not changed. It is a wonderful seed. But there is something that has changed, I think, over time. And, and what has changed over time is us, right? It's, it's, it's the sower, I think, that has changed. And we, this morning, collectively, each and, in, each and every one of us, we are to be sowers of the word, sowers of the seed. And in the application of this parable this morning, I want, to, I want you to think of yourself as the sower here in this passage of Scripture. And we, each and every one of us, according to the Great Commission, have a responsibility to go, don't we? We have a responsibility to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And that commission was given to the church before Jesus ascended. And through the church, we are to be faithful witnesses of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel is the death, the burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We have a responsibility to tell the world about how Jesus came, and he died on the cross, and he was buried, and he rose again for our sins. Every parable has a main thrust, a main, a main idea, a main thought, and the main 
thought in this passage of scripture is to sow the seed. Sow the seed. To get the seed out. You know, we don't have a respons- we don't have any control over where that seed is going to land. We don't have any control over uh, when we go out and we go witnessing, when we're in the community. And I, I love how your church is in the community and, and integrating through the uh, tractor parade and, and different things. Some of the opportunities that we'll have over in England uh, at Christmas time will take part in a shoebox um, gift uh, exchange where we will fill shoeboxes with different toys and things for the needy and put gospel tracks in them. Another opportunity is a, is a Christmas kind of um, gathering they have in the community where we give out candy canes and the candy can, we use a message of Jesus Christ attached to the candy cane to give out to people in the community. Um, there are many different opportunities that we will have where we will integrate into the community, whether it's through, there's also a, a garden ministry where we will take uh, fruits and vegetables to people in the community, and we will share those things with, with people and share the gospel with them. And all those things are very effective because you're, you're, you're meeting people, people are getting to, get to know you, you are meeting physical needs while also b- delivering a spiritual message. But we all have a responsibility as a sower in this passage to sow the seed. We don't, have a, we don't have any control over where that seed will land. We don't have any control over what ground that seed will land on. Uh, we see in this passage of scripture that some of the, some of the ground is stony. Some of the ground uh, is wayside ground. Some of it is thorny. Uh, but some of it is good ground. And if you, if you are a numbers person and you looked at the, the odds, you would say, well, only one out of four... Uh, it was good ground, and we could we could talk about how that today it may see, it seems very hard, it seems very difficult. We're not seeing maybe as many get saved today as those in the past, but we still have a responsibility to get the gospel out. We don't we may not have a, any control over where the seed is going to land, but we do have a responsibility. We do have control over whether or not we are sharing the gospel. The question is, are you sowing the seed? Are you being the witness that you ought to be? You know, I, I was recently in a conference and, and hearing some good preaching, and I heard a pastor say, you know, it's interesting today because it seems as though when talking to people and talking to Christians, people are looking for churches that uh, are right on the Bible. You know, they, they want to go to churches that are King James-only churches, or they, they, they want to go to churches that are soul winning churches, churches that are, you know, in the community and being a witness, or they, they want to go to churches that uh, are right on doctrine, and all those things are good, right? All those things are right. But then the pastor began to ask those individuals that he was talking to, well, what do you believe about the King James Bible? What, are you a soul winning Christian? Are, are you, you want to go to a church that is missions minded, are you a missions-minded person? Are you somebody that gives to missions? Do you know what the Bible has to say about what is right and what is wrong? You know, there's a difference um, in somebody that talks about being a witness versus somebody that actually is. There's, There's a difference there. There's a difference between somebody who says, I want to be part of a church that is a, is a soul-winning church, a seed-sowing church, 
versus the individual who actually is. You know that the church is made up of individuals. The church is made up of people. The church is not the building, even though you guys have a very nice facility, and, and this is a very nice location on a busy road. The church is not the building. The church is the people, and each and every one of us, we make up at you, each and every one of you, you make up this body and you have a responsibility individually to be a witness, to be a seed sower. Anybody can reach somebody for Jesus. We see here in this passage of scripture that there is not a name given. This is a parable, a story that is told, but I believe that we can make an application to us individually this morning in that we, each and every one of us, can be that sower if we will do some simple things. And first of all, in verse number three, if we will first of all be faithful. It says in verse number three, hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. You have to go out and sow the seed to be a sower. You can't be a sower unless you go out and sow the seed. I think of my grandfather who was a farmer and uh, he raised corn and he raised uh, soybeans and he had uh, pigs and, and, and uh, cattle, and there were several silos that were on the property. Um, some held silage uh, to feed the cows, and some uh, he stored the corn in. And I remember as a kid playing in the corn, and uh, that corn was held there for seed sowing time, for planting season. And my grandfather, he would have never reaped the harvest that he reaped if he left that seed there. He would have never seen uh, the great harvest that he saw or the profit that he saw if he left it there and didn't take it out to the field to sow it. Let me ask you this morning, are you a faithful witness? The Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse 6, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find Boy, we could talk about being uh, the times in the past. We could talk about, boy, I remember way back when, when I led somebody to the Lord. I remember way back when, when, when people were getting saved and, and the Lord was moving. And, and, uh, and, I, and I remember many people coming to the altar to be saved. But we have a responsibility today to go out and to sow the seed, to be doers of the word and not hearers only. I love this passage of scripture about the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in Mark chapter 10 and verse 1, And, and he arose from thence, and cometh into the coast of Judea by the farther side of Jordan. And the people resort unto him again. And as he was wont, he taught them again. Jesus, he was given to teaching the word. Jesus was given to sowing the seed. It was part of who he was. And in this matter of getting the gospel out, it has to be part of who we are. It has to be part of our life. We can't just... Uh, you know, limit it to little spaces and little slots of time in our life. No, it has to be part of who we are so that when we go out into the community, so that when we go about in our daily business, that we are sowers of the seed. We are faithfully sowing the seed. I think of a man in uh, the church that we came from at Bethlehem Baptist Church, and he's since gone on to be with the Lord, but Brother Chuck, and he was just a faithful man of God, and, and he would get up and he would give testimony, and often on Sunday nights when we would have testimony time in our church, uh, he would preach a little message. You know, he had something to share from his devotion time, and he would share that, 
during that time. And, and I, what stood out to me about Brother Chuck is that even though he had liver problems and kidney problems, I believe he had several transplants, and he had all these ail, ailments, he was a faithful man. He was a man that would go out every Saturday and visit the kids for his bus route. He was a man that would go out every Sunday morning to pick them up and to bring them into church. And he was there in church every time the doors were open. That was Brother Chuck until the day he died. He didn't let his age or his sickness or all the things that, you know, we could use as excuses. He didn't let those things keep him from being a faithful sower of seed. There's a lot to be done in this matter of sowing the seed. There's a lot of people to reach. And I, and I love how the Lord Jesus in his ministry, as he began his earthly ministry, many people began to crowd around him. Many people began to uh, flock to Jesus because they heard of of the miracles that he was doing. They heard of the mother-in-law of Peter that was healed. They heard of different the lepers and different people that were being healed. And so people were flocking to him. And he would go out into desert places and they would gather around him there. And Jesus, he could have, he could have just stayed with the crowds. He could have just stayed there and relished in that moment of glory. And, and boy, there's so many people here that want to hear me speak. But as they were coming to flock around him, he would get apart to pray. And he would get apart to spend time with God. And then he would go on to the next town. He would go on to the next area to tell somebody else about the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he realized that there were more people that needed to hear the truth of the gospel. Secondly, I see in verse number four, and it says, And it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. <clears throat> and it came to pass, as he sowed. You know, we must be diligent, persistent, and consistent in our seed sowing. I think of a man who, boy, he really had a lot to overcome. He was a missionary for years in the Middle East, and... Um, he has since come, come off the field. He's got very, uh, very elderly now, but uh, he served over there for many, many years. And I met him as a young person, and his testimony really impacted me as a young person because he was in a place where he was trying to reach the Bedouins with the gospel. He was in a place where there were a lot of people that would move their entire villages, their entire uh, little cities, if you will, and, and they would get up and move, and they lived in tents, and they didn't have the Bible in their own language, and there was a lot of hurdles, and he would go out, and he would go in, into the desert on a camel and, and, and go to these villages, to these, to these hostile people, really, because they, they, they didn't uh, believe the gospel. They were of the Muslim faith. Uh, and he was trying to learn their language. He was trying to uh, translate the scriptures into their own language. And, and all of these things he was doing to reach them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He labored, I believe, somewhere around 12 years before he ever saw a convert. Can you imagine 12 years? Can you imagine uh, laboring so long in a field where people don't want to hear the truth? Uh, they, they are, their hearts are hard. They don't want to receive what you have to say. Uh, they don't, they're not glad to see you. They're not waiting there with open arms to receive the truth of the gospel. You know, England is a lot like that today. England is a very secular country. Three quarters of the people in England today have no religious affiliation whatsoever, but yet we still have a responsibility to take the gospel to them. Just because they are not seeking the truth, doesn't mean that we don't have responsibility to tell them the truth. 
Just because you know, may know people in this community who are atheists or agnostic, uh, who are living secular lives in pursuit of the American dream, doesn't mean that they still don't need to hear about the gospel. And I remember this missionary, he told how he labored for 12 years and he never had a convert. Well, fast forward in time, I met him after he'd been over there for over 20 years. And he came back and he told us how that churches were being established. He came back and he told us how the scriptures had been translated into their own language. He came back and he told us how people were getting saved right and left and how that how that he would take over on these MP3 players portions of scripture that were translated. He would take over on MP3 players uh, hymns that were sung in their own language, and it had uh, materials, books that were translated, and all these things on these MP3 players. And he would take a MP3 player into one of these villages, and how around one MP3 player, over 20 people would gather around to hear the gospel message. It's a lot different than the story I heard years before. Can you imagine if he had given up? If he had just said, well, you know what? Nobody's listening. Nobody, nobody wants to hear the gospel anymore. People aren't getting saved. I don't, think it, I don't think it's worth our time. How many would have not gotten saved if he had given up? But because of his persistence in sowing the seed, Men and women, boys and girls, were saved. I used to tell people as I trained them at work, remember the elephant. Remember the elephant. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. That's right. And in this matter of getting the gospel out, sometimes it can seem like a daunting task, can't it? It can seem like it's an overwhelming task, like it can't be done. But through the power of, uh, the power of the Lord, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, it can be done. One of my, if you'll turn over with me to Matthew chapter 28, Matthew chapter 28 and verse number 18. I love how it says right here in verse number 18, it says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven, and in earth, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And right here before he gives the commission to go and, and, and teach and baptize, he tells them, he says in verse number 18, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And our Lord and Savior is saying, hey, I have all power in heaven. I have all power here on earth. And now I want you to go in my power, go in my might. You're not going alone. You're not going in your own strength. You're going in my might and my power. And I need you to follow me and to trust me. Christian, will you follow him and trust the Lord this morning? Will you be obedient in this matter? And the sower became obedient when he went out to sow. Are you obedient this morning to the commission? Are you, are you being faithful to go and tell? One last illustration. I remember another missionary who told story of how he was for years laboring there in Mongolia with, with the lepers. And uh, he told how he uh, tried to reach the lepers. Um, and he realized quickly that to reach them properly, he would have to live amongst them. 
And he told stories of how he would go into their homes and he would sit on their floors and he would eat the meals that they had prepared. And he would he told us how that uh, he would be sitting there eating a meal with them and and they would push a, a bowl to him, you know, with with an arm, maybe with a stump of an arm. And uh, there, there were parts that were missing and you could tell that they their bodies were greatly affected by uh, leprosy. And yet he ate their meals. He sat in their homes and he told them how Jesus loves them. He came and he died for them, was buried and rose again for their sins. And he told stories how that they came to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. I looked at that missionary and I thought, this is a man that is obedient. He's doing something that many people wouldn't be willing to do. The Christian, God may not call you to be a missionary to the lepers, but he's given you a simple command to go and tell. Are you obedient to that this morning? Are you obedient to that? Jesus was obedient to the will of the Father, and he was a witness. He was a light here on this earth. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse number 13, if you'll turn over there with me, Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 13, we see here, sorry, verse number 14, that we are to be the lights of this world. In Matthew 5, 14, it says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We have a responsibility to sow the seed. We have a responsibility to be light bearers in this world. Anybody can reach somebody for Jesus, but we must be obedient, we must be diligent, we must be faithful. And as a light is lifted up in a room and is set in the uppermost parts of the room to filter down into the room, to fill the room with light, we are to lift up our light for Jesus Christ. We are to be obedient to that, to that call that Jesus gave us. And I think of this story. D.L. Moody preached the message and he told a story about a ship coming into harbor in Ohio and as that ship was coming into harbor, the lights along the shore had gone out. And the lighthouse was still shining, but the lights on the shore had gone out. And the ship's captain radioed in to the person there in the lighthouse and asked, is it safe to proceed? And, and the person manning the lighthouse said, sure, go ahead and come on in. And so he did. He began to proceed to bring the ship into harbor. But there was a great storm, and it was blowing the ship about. And as he was bringing the ship into harbor, the ship crashed on the rocks and everybody on board perished. And D.L. Moody said, Jesus is that lighthouse. He's shining his light brightly, but you're the lower lights. Are you shining your light? Let me ask you this morning, are you shining your light? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Is God getting glory from your life? If you're telling others about Jesus Christ, he is. If you're letting your light shine before men, he is. But if you're not, who in this world will perish because they never heard the gospel message? With every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, we'll close in prayer and have a time of invitation Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you'd help each and every one of us.
to do our part, to be the light, to be the witness that we ought to be. I ask and pray, dear Lord, that you please help us to be obedient servants, to be faithful witnesses, to be diligent and consistent, Lord. Sometimes it can be hard. Sometimes it can be discouraging. Lord, help us not to look at the results. Help us, Lord, to look to you. And you've given us a command, Lord, and you gave us a promise that you would give us your power and your might. Help us, Lord, to go in your power and your might and not in our own strength. In Jesus' name, amen. In closing, as the pianist begins to play, and we have a time of invitation, if you would please join me in standing. If you need to do business with the Lord this morning, I pray that you would do that. We'll have a time where you can come and you can come to this altar and do business with the Lord this morning. If you have not been the witness that you ought to be, if you've not been shining your light, like you should. You can come and get that right with the Lord this morning. I praise the Lord that the Bible says in 1 John 5.13, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just. Or 1 John 1.9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I praise the Lord for the power and the strength that God gives to be the witness that we ought to be. bowed and every eye closed this morning. Now's the time that you can do business with the Lord, Master. Supper just this time before we leave. And the Lord's Supper is for those who are saved.